Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Keep Smiling podcast. I hope you're all doing well. Today we are doing a nice and simple independent episode where we're just going to focus on the one topic of how we can help somebody with a mental health difficulty and what can we employ, what can we do, what strategies could we consider implementing to try to get this person to a better headspace, to try to educate ourselves, to try to raise awareness, to try to ensure that they feel supported and loved and comforted. What can we do? And can we fulfill our role as a friend, as a loved one, as an acquaintance, as, you know, somebody within their social circle to be able to help them, to be able to support them, to be able to acknowledge and remind that they are not alone in their difficulties. So we're just going to go over a few brief points and hopefully this can inspire you into understanding what strategies and things that you can implement to help somebody else, to give them a bit of guidance and hopefully inspire you to know what your role is and know how you can facilitate this person in their development. So fundamentally, it all comes down to education. I feel like everything in terms of the mental health space, the mental health advocacy, the raising awareness, the whole conversation and the developing awareness that it's coming to, it all comes down to this education and allowing people to understand the true traumas of mental health, the true complexities, the difficulties, the multifaceted components of it, the triggers, the symptoms, how somebody responds to a situation, how individual and unique every single circumstance is for every single individual. So the greater understanding you acquire of that person's diagnosis, their symptoms, their experiences, and even subsequently their possible treatment pathways, the more beneficial your support could be. Understandably, there's not going to be an occasion where you can wholeheartedly acknowledge exactly every single emotion they're experiencing, because that's their difficulty, that's their journey, that's their mental health, that's their mindset. You can't necessarily mimic their exact cognitive appraisals, you can't exactly mimic their exact way of thinking. If you can try to put a little bit of effort into understanding, if you could try to put a little bit of effort into going that extra mile to understand, to um, consider the true impact of what they're going through, this can give you a whole new perspective into understanding what support would be facilitative and positive for them. So great, we've acquired furthermore education into understanding what is good, what is helpful and what could be resourceful and what we can do to help But also with this greater education, with this greater understanding, with this greater knowledge of the lived in experiences that that person is suffering, you could also understand what is not going to be beneficial, what could possibly be harmful, what kind of dialogue could possibly be perceived as triggering. So this is the beauty of education. You gain a lot more understanding as to how to approach this situation, which can facilitate you as well as the person struggling. Secondly, is to maintain a non-judgmental dialogue. Because often being patronising and unnecessarily critical can cause the individual to feel further more isolated. Hopefully, if you've tuned in to this episode and you're absorbing this information, you're the kind of person that's not going to be judgmental in terms of somebody that's struggling with their mental health. But again, I think it's really important to note because there are so many stigmas and stereotypes associated to mental health. There are so many predetermined stigmas that society has enforced us to build upon individuals that struggle with a mental health complexity. So as long as we are aware that there are different stages, there are different circumstances, people have different experiences, and we can maintain this non-judgmental approach that person can feel further more comfortable in confiding in us. That person can feel further more comfortable in reaching out when they desperately need it. I know so many people, including myself, that have felt very insecure and furthermore anxious about their illness 
because they're worried about judgment, because they're worried about people, you know, shitting on them or talking negatively about them because they've experienced this. So if we maintain this conversation of normalizing mental health, of destigmatizing mental health, of removing the judgment of somebody struggling with mental health, hopefully this can just allow that person to feel far more confident, far more comfortable, and just generally far more likely to want to speak up. Thirdly, and similarly to the previous point, it is just to be patient and respect the difficult circumstances. As I've said on repeat, recovery is a long and tedious process. There is no one size fits all. It is not an ABC process. It's not a linear process. Neither it's not a black and white process. It can be deeply infuriating for somebody um, who sees their child, their friend, their spouse struggling because you just want to give them all the tools to get better. But it's not as simple as that. And I know how difficult and traumatic that can become for somebody to watch that from an outside perspective when you see this happening. But it's just about being patient and realistic and understanding that the pathway is really gradual. And often we take steps backwards. And you've got to use that as furthermore motivation to be there for that person, not furthermore motivation to be infuriated. You've got to just be patient, be realistic. And this is where the education ties back in because with further understanding of mental health, you'd understand that it's not a simplistic recovery process. It is not a pop a pill and everything is resolved. It is not like that. So it's just about establishing a really patient perspective, being kind, being empathetic, understanding that the road is long, but absolutely will be worthwhile. Another point that's really prevalent when discussing the topic of mental health is this perception of identity. Um, Specifically with eating disorders, I feel like that's extremely prevalent. You almost refer to yourself or that other person as anorexic, as bulimic, as orthorexic, rather than Lara. So it's really fundamental to treat this person as a person rather than their diagnosis. We want to think of them as that person, as who they intrinsically are, rather than the diagnosis that has been applied to them or rather than the illness that they are currently struggling with. Because defining somebody by their struggles, by their difficulties, can detrimentally impact their ability to recover. We need to remind ourselves that a mental health crisis does not define who somebody is, but rather a temporary period which they will inevitably grow from. This isn't something to define them by. This isn't something to categorically pop them in this label, pop them in this box and place them there to just wither away. We've got to remember who they fundamentally are. I found that when I had this anorexic and depressed identity, I had to almost live up to the expectation because Lara was solely disintegrating away. The ambitious, the confident, the sporty, the socially confident Lara was gradually emptying her bottle of water and replacing it into the bottle of water of anorexia and depression and anxiety and low self-esteem. So I needed to alternate where I was putting my efforts towards. And the more I recover, the more I wanted to be intrinsically connected to who I authentically was. I was able to connect more with music. I was able to connect more with friends. I was able to regain my love for greyhounds and regain my love for jigsaws and connecting with friends. And I think you've got to understand that when it's struggling with a mental health complexity, it is an all day, all out, 24-7 circumstance. 
So if we're always projecting ourselves within this identity, it can become very detrimental very quickly. So we need to take this position as the friend, as the spouse, as the brother, as the sister, as the family member, to remind this person that they are more than their diagnosis, to remind this person that they are themselves and they are not their illness. So they can differentiate and understand their power in being able to control the mental health condition. Because it's really difficult sometimes. The lines can get really blurred really very easily. Um, So almost reminding them of who they authentically are is very important. And lastly, and I think this is very, very poignant to have to raise, you need to look after yourself and know your limits, okay? So depending on that individual circumstance, you know, the individual that's struggling, supporting that person can often become relatively depressing or distressing so you need to remember to establish boundaries and prioritize your well-being you can't empty everything out of yourself and give it to somebody else that's incredibly selfless that's amazing but you also need to recognize your boundaries so the support that you can provide is the best that you can you need to recognize that you are equally as important. It obviously depends on situations and I hope that people can apply this in the way that they deem necessary and applicable and suitable. But you've just got to know the boundaries. You can support as much as you can, but you also need to know where it's healthy to say no. You know, if it's a circumstance where that individual is really ill and you want to support, but you know you don't really have the full qualifications, the full experience, the full knowledge, the full um, backpack of guidance you can provide. Maybe this is a great circumstance where you can encourage them to seek professional support, recommend appropriate helplines, and support them along their journey into finding somebody that could help them. You know, it's great that you want to help. It's great that you want to give as much support and give as much care and give as much commitment to this person to ensure that they get out of this, um, you know, difficult circumstance. But fundamentally, you need to establish those boundaries and prioritize your well-being um, because you've got to be selfish, you've got to be selfless, but you've got to make sure that everyone in this bracket is healthy and you're not causing a detriment to yourself. And yet, that was a little bit of a tangent. I still have some few other points, but I think they are the most relevant and the most poignant and the most practically applicable, hopefully. Um, I think it all just comes down to education, to patience, to understanding that it's not black and white, understanding that mental health complexities are unique for every single individual and it's just about respecting and appreciating the tedious journey. It's about establishing boundaries. It's about maintaining that non-judgmental approach and making sure that there's a sense of togetherness and you are equally as motivated to to support them along this journey um, of their recovery. And it's going to be tedious, it's going to be difficult, it's going to be complex, it's going to be inconsistent, but it will get better towards the end and I think it's a really beautiful journey to go on with somebody because you can come out the other side and witness this person flourish and grow and thrive Um, but yeah as I said you've just got to make sure that you look after yourself within that process and yeah hopefully that was a somewhat useful tangent of gobbledygoopily words um, that somebody could find applicable nonetheless I know I did a episode a few months ago focusing solely on the parental strategy but hopefully this can be more applied in terms of friendship groups or relationships or partners um, so you can understand how you can use your role into helping that person.